Well, good morning, and welcome to Westminster First Baptist Church. Uh, um, if you're here, the Lord has uh, blessed you enough to be here. We need to give Him praise for that. Amen. And for those of you who may be visiting us, we uh, we appreciate you being here uh, with us this morning. And we ask if if you see a uh, you should see a, a care card in front of you. If you'd be so kind to fill that out, uh, we'd love to, the the chance to get you know get to know you a little better. So. Um, we'll be taking those up during the, during the offering, and we we just so appreciative of you being here this morning. Um, just to let you know, Kenny and uh, our youth are in Houston. Okay, um, I I had the privilege of riding out with them this morning at uh, three o'clock, and and getting them off at the airport and driving back. So uh, if you see me blink a few times, I. There's a reason for that, okay? Um, but they get they got there safe, and um, uh, the flight was good, and they touched down uh, just around 9 o'clock. So uh, they were going to go eat breakfast and then go get settled in and uh, start start their start their week. So uh, just be in prayer for them as as uh, as the week uh, unfolds. Um, so by the way of announcements, um, I'd like uh, to. to give a few to you this morning. As a reminder, we're going to have the, uh, the call church conference tonight uh, about the uh, the playground equipment and uh, uh, the extension of our finance committee and uh, any other committees that need to, to make mention of anything. Uh, Mac wanted me to mention that um, on August the 13th, they're going to have uh, the Welcome Back Warriors uh, night uh, at the school, and for that, uh, the church has been asked to provide 500 canned drinks, soda, if you will. So, uh, if you would, uh, if you could, are able to, to bring some of those and place them out here, uh, we'll we'll make sure they get uh, get to where they they need to be. Uh, also, uh, Lynn wanted me to mention to you, remind you that uh, uh, August 15th we're going to have the, uh, the the bridal shower for uh, Jenna Grace uh, Singleton and uh, Reed Cater. So, uh, just wanted to give you a reminder of that. And that is all the announcements they had me to do. So, if anyone else has any, please come on up. Heather. Good morning. I just wanted to get up here and talk a little bit about VBS the past uh, week. I know that Preacher Kenny got up and just thanked everybody because my family were slackers and we went out and had a great vacation weekend after that long week of VBS. Um, so I just wanted to give a, a, a few thank you shout outs and I also wanted to give you some totals. Um, I counted this three or four times to make sure that this was correct, but it was. And over um, the week of VBS, we had 81 children that came and attended throughout the week that we were able to minister to. And I just give all the glory to God for that and for the congregation here at Westminster First Baptist. Um, in addition to that, I counted the volunteers over and over. 81 volunteers, guys. So everybody give yourself a round of applause. That is wonderful. 
with that being said, um, I wanted to get up here and I just wanted to call out a, a couple of people that really stood out to me during BBS. And one of the reasons our Vacation Bible School is so wonderful is because we have people that step up to the plate. It makes my job easier and it makes a wonderful time for the children to come. So the starlight of the show, obviously, was Sparky, Danny Boggs. He did a great job, and you're going to be tied in with children's ministry from now on. And Armor Ken, Ken Barton, you guys put so much time and effort into that, and I thank you so much. Um, I wanted to shout out to Cassie Boggs. Cassie does so much to help us with our rally session. She's behind the scene. Not a lot of people see her, but she puts in so much time and effort with our Vacation Bible School, and I really wanted to thank you um, for all that. The rally team, Addison Boggs, Luke Tao, Holly Lowe, my wonderful husband, Travis Bryant, you guys, you come in weeks ahead of time. You have to study your material. Addison Boggs, she was here the week before VBS, the whole week, helping set up, do decorations, um, and they just put so much time and effort into that, so I wanted to thank them. One of the things that makes my job easier with Vacation Bible School is that I have leaders, like I said, that will take charge. My different rotation leaders, which was Emmy Morris with Kitchen, Tammy Compton and Connie Duke with Craft, Jeff and Julie Underwood with Recreation, and Brooke Thomas and Amber Bryson with Preschool. I literally gave them their information, and they went with it. I didn't have to micromanage or anything. They took control, and they did everything all by themselves. Not all by themselves. They had people that helped them. But I didn't have to go through and hand feed all of that to them. And I thank you so very much. My Bible study leaders, Ken Barton, John Thomas, Lynn Owens, and Kenny Owens, I thank you for the time that you put in. You studied, you put a lot of effort into making sure the children were fed from the Bible, and I thank you. This year, our security team, all of the rotation leaders that have to stay with the children the whole time, and our counselors, Scott Burton, Melanie Burton, and a special thanks to Jenny Carnes, I had asked her wherever Jenny is. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't even give her some a, a heads up. She just jumped in there when I needed her, and I, I thank you so much for that. A big shout-out to the youth. The I was blown away by how many youth were here to just jump in and help with Vacation Bible School. Thank you to Carol Cater for the sh slideshow that you saw ab above me. And also... A huge thank you to the decoration leaders. Of course, Ms. Kay Chastain, you saw her masterpiece all week. And also Arlecci and Larry Moore, who did a fantastic job with decorating the hallway. When people walked into the church, they were just amazed at how amazing our church looked. And of course, all of the glory goes to God. He had this planned out before it was even put into words with everyone here. With all of that being said, I know I've missed out a lot of people. There were a ton of others that I didn't call by name, but I thank you from the bottom of my heart for investing in our children to make a difference in our community and our future. But with that, the glory goes to God with these results.
the offering that was raised for our youth mission trip, which they're on right now, come to a total of $1,858.13. That is so wonderful. During Vacation Bible School, we had nine salvations. We had three that had already been saved, but came up and said that they want to be baptized in August when we do our baptism. And we had a stack of children, a lot of our own children that attend here, that want to know more about Jesus from their decision cards. So thank you for the time to get up here and talk about Vacation Bible School, and thank you, church, for all of your hard work. Okay, thank you, Heather. Okay, as we move along, uh, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you for uh, allowing us all to gather together, be back in your house uh, this week, Lord. And we thank you for, for all the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for the rain you've brought and the beautiful sunshine. Uh, now we offer up the service to you, Lord. We pray that, uh, that you would uh, just have your hand in everything that's said and done here. May the, the singing uh, be a blessing to you, Lord, and the, the, the playing of music. And the preaching of the word as well, Lord, may it penetrate some hearts today. And again, we just lift up the service to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Susan. As we begin our worship service this morning, I want to say to the boys and girls down front, you didn't know that I was going to give you an extra job this morning other than your special song. You're going to help lead everybody sing in this first hymn. Okay, can I depend on y'all to do that? Let everybody sing with a smile on their face? I bet you can. Let's stand as we sing that opening hymn, He Keeps Me Singing.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you put within us and our heart a song that we can sing to praise you and to thank you for all the wonderful things that you do in our life. We ask now that uh, as we have an opportunity to give back in worship and in, in thanksgiving and praise for what you've given us, our tithes and our offerings, I pray that you would bless the giver and the gift and use it in accordance to your will. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. What not a well-behaved group up here this morning? I'm telling you. Congratulations, y'all. Y'all are really good this morning. We're gonna sing about. There's a lot of things we put our trust in. This group, we try to teach that we put our trust in God. Amen. And that's what we're singing about this morning. I choose to trust. Listen as we sing our soloist today. Mr. Sawyer and Miss Maddie will be our solo stage. Y'all be praying for them as they sing. All right? Thank you.
joy to have you um, help lead in worship and hear you sing. It's beautiful. Let's continue singing um, ourselves by standing and singing thy word. Accessory prayer time. Uh, let's uh, remember our youth, Kenny and uh, Lynn and uh, Mac and Sandra and uh, all of those that accompanied them to Houston. Um, our, uh, our prayer list, our sick and our elderly, our shut-ins. Uh, let's remember those. Um, if anybody would like to come down to the altar, if you got something special on your heart, you can. If you'd like to join hands with someone, you can. And you don't have to. We don't judge here. Um, but uh, let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another day here. Thank you for a chance to come to your house this morning to worship. God, I thank you for all the visitors that are here today. I see a lot of new faces, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, God, I just pray for them. I pray that uh, you'd lead their heart, find them a church home so they can worship you, so they can have a base to fellowship with other believers. 
to uh, strengthen them, strengthen each other, God. And uh, just thank you for our congregation here, that we do that for each other. And uh, thank you for Miss Heather, for all she's done for our children, our VBS. It was wonderful to hear them sing this morning, <clears throat> sing your praises. Uh, God, just uh, pray for our pastor this morning uh, as he comes and uh, delivers a message. Uh, just pray that you give him the words that we need to hear. Uh, God, we just have so much unknown right now. It's a, it's a crazy world, and I just pray for our farmers that put food on our table and those that keep our lights on, our water going, uh, police and first responders and firefighters. God, we just thank you that we can depend on them every day uh, to keep our life going uh, the way that's comfortable for us. Uh, with so much unknown, God, we're just thankful that we can lean on you, that we can trust you, uh, that you're our Redeemer. Uh, we just thank you so much. And I just pray for our youth this morning, God, that they would touch hearts, uh, they would plant seeds uh, everywhere they go in Houston, that uh, they would be the hands and feet of Jesus, and that uh, you would be glorified in everything that they do, God. Uh, I just thank you. I pray for the for the mu- special music that's coming this morning. Pray for John. Uh, Just uh, thank you for all you've done, all you're going to do. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. preaching today. Come on. You're not ready for <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> Won't it be a wonderful day when Jesus steps out on that cloud and calls our ch- his children home. Amen. That midnight cry. Miss Pat Huber, this is for you. Children 
the midnight cry when Jesus comes again. I look around me I see prophecies fulfilled And signs of the times They're appearing everywhere I can almost hear the Father The bride of Christ will rise. We will arise when Jesus steps out. I'm glad to call His children. The dead in Christ shall rise. preacher boys, um, preacher Jerry Durham, who uh, recently retired from Bethany Baptist over in Hartwell, Georgia. Uh, Kenny said he's believed it's been about 17 years there, so uh, please uh, please welcome Brother Jerry, and Jerry, you come give us the word this morning, okay? As you know, as he said... Kenny did recommend me my last church. I served uh, 
43 years in the ministry. Six years of that was in gospel music. What a great job, guys, on that song there. I played guitar and sang back up with a group called Candleland Singers for six years. And then I surrendered to pulpit ministry and uh, pastored in Anderson for 20 years, the same church. And then Kenny recommended me to Hartwell. And that's a, that's a strange way to do things. I wasn't really, you know, expecting to move. My wife and I had bought land. We are going to build a house. And, and in a month's time, five churches came to hear me. And the one in Hartwell would not let up. And I ended up over there for the best, the crown of my ministry for 17 years. And I thank Kenny for that. I love Brother Kenny. We've been friends for many years. I've been on several of those brick mission trips with him. I guess he's told y'all all about them. I'm going to set this water right here, but he's told y'all all about them, I'm sure. Until the doctor told me I couldn't go anymore because I developed skin cancer real easy. And that's what this is. I just had Moe's surgery on Monday of this week. and uh, But we've had some wonderful times together. We're so much alike that he has two boys. They're named Joshua and Caleb. I have two boys named Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> Joshua, my son Joshua, is a narcotics officer with the Anderson County Sheriff's Department. He was on highway patrol for about 12, 13 years, and he's been with the Sheriff's Department for a number of years. My youngest son, Caleb, is a pastor down in Green Pond, South Carolina, which is just this side, you know where it's at, of Walterboro. So, uh, but those are my two boys. I'm proud of both of them. My wife, Diane, is, and I have been married for 47 years. Uh, I was in the Army. I was on home on a weekend pass. And back in those days, people cruised. Some of you older guys remember that. That's what we did. We cruised on Saturdays and Sundays. We cruised. Now, Anderson, it was from McDonald's to Essie's Drive-In, back and forth. And I saw her... I thought she was cuter than a speckled pup in a red wagon. <laughs> Wasn't long I got out of the army, and my brother said, you remember them two girls we kept flirting with, driving back and forth? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to introduce you tonight, and that started the ball rolling. And we ended up getting married. Um, I retired the 25th of this month to be one year. And the Lord has used me in various churches doing supply. And I thank God for that. I've also become a chaplain with the Anderson County Sheriff's Office. So I serve in that capacity too. But uh, I appreciate Brother Kenny allowing me to preach here. I don't know if y'all know it, but I visited here twice. Came one Sunday just to hear Kenny. was going to surprise him, but he surprised me. He was on vacation. So we made a special trip back so that we could hear him, and uh, we had a good time together that day. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Psalms 137. Psalms 137. While you're turning there, uh, I want to tell you, it's kind of like a little six-year-old boy one day asked his father what all church kids ask their dads. Dad, what does the preacher do the rest of the week? And his father began explaining to him and said, Well, son, the 
preacher is a very busy man. I mean, he visits it. He visits the hospital. He 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 visits uh, the the shut-ins. He's at the nursing homes, and, and he's aligning things up for the Sunday service. And he's studying to preach on Sunday. You see, son, preaching's not such an easy job. The little boy said, "Well, listening ain't so easy either." So I, I hope you will listen this morning. I know it's challenging sometimes, but I want you to listen closely. Psalms 137, we're going to read verses 1 through 6, and I invite you to stand with me out of respect and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Psalms 137, verses 1 through 6. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. May we pray together. Father, we thank you again for the privilege to be here. And I know that these people that Kenny and Lynn love so much are people who are easy to love. And so, Father, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts this morning through your words. I know and I confess before these people that I'm incapable of doing anything that would do honor and glory to you except through your spirit. So, Father, I pray that you would find something in this piece of clay to honor and glorify you. Abase me, exalt yourself. You alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've entitled this message this morning, Silent harps, silent harps. In biblical times, the Hebrews were known for their singing and their musical talents. You can read the Psalms, you can see that. Many of the Psalms are songs that were sung in the early church. Also, if you read the Psalms, and especially Psalms 150, you will see numerous and all types of instruments listed there. And remember, David was also known as the sweet singer of Israel. So yes, the Jews used music primarily for the worship and praise of God. But here, they are captives in a foreign land and no longer singing. Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed Jerusalem. He had led them or carried them into Babylon as slaves. And so they hung up their harps, and they quit singing. And just so, I see a similar comparison with the people of Judah to the church today. May I suggest to you that there are a lot of believers, a lot of saved people, who no longer have a song in their hearts. They've hung up their harps. They've quit singing, so to speak. And this has always been a problem with professing believers, but now I believe with COVID-19 that we experienced for the past year, that coronavirus has intensified or ramped this up. 
I wrote a post recently about how streaming was a great blessing at first. And it still is a blessing for those who are at high risk, for those who have uh, other ailments or are or, or compromised in some way or are elderly. It is still a blessing, but it has become a curse to the church. It has become a curse to a lot of professing believers. You see, we thought it was a blessing. It was a blessing at first because we were reaching people who had never heard from our churches before. People beyond. I had so many people in my last church. that We did drive-in church, but we also did live uh, live streaming, and we had, I had people contacted me that I never heard of, uh, and asking me questions and comment. It was such a such a blessing, but now I fear it's become a curse. And why did I say that? Because too many church members have become what I call pajama Christians, and what I mean is they have gotten too comfortable sitting at home in their pajamas watching the sermons on their iPads, iPhones, and other devices. When the Bible says we are to be not forsaking, Hebrews 10.25, the assembling of ourselves together, the two key words are, are assembling and together. You can't assemble if you're not together. And you can't be together if you don't assemble. To me, a professing Christian who is healthy and who will not physically attend church when we have inoculations and everything's getting back to normal, well, that makes about as much sense as Nancy Pelosi at the NRA convention. (laughs) Just a few weeks ago. Y'all my kind of crowd. You wait till the night. Just a few weeks ago, I watched Mud Creek Baptist Church before I go to church. If I'm to preach somewhere or if, I, or if I just, or I'm just going to church, I always get up early. I watch Greg Mathis at Mud Creek. He was one of our professors at Fruitland. I went to the same school that Kenny did. But uh, Herb Revis was on there doing a, a revival about a month ago. And Herb Revis uh, made this statement. He said, God is using the pandemic to shake the the chaff out of the church. God is using the pandemic to shake the chaff out of the church. And he went on to explain that the church will be stronger because God is shaking the lukewarm, insincere, complacent church members loose from the church and leaving the strong members to carry it forward. Now understand, I have no problem with someone who is elderly or has health issues watching online. But I think you'll agree with me that too many members who are not considered high risk have succumbed to what I call casual convenient, comfortable Christianity. Maybe it's because of fear. Or maybe it's just because of laziness. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something, church. God is not pleased with it. Since when was Christianity supposed to be comfortable? 
Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. A cross is not comfortable. A cross is not casual. A cross is not convenient. Taking up a cross is costly. Taking up a cross is a commitment to serve the Lord and follow Him at all costs, even if it means suffering. Another thing that bothers me is many of those same church members who are content to sit home in their pajamas and watch the service online have no qualms on Sunday afternoon going to Walmart or a grocery store or anywhere else. Why are they like this? Why? Because they've hung up their harps. They've quit singing the song of the Lord. Has the Bible or Jesus ever said that our lives as Christians should be convenient? No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, the Word of God declares in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we should be living sacrifices. The problem with the living sacrifice is they often crawl off the altar. But we are to be sacrifices. However, when you realize what the Lord has done for you, that sacrifice of your life from a heart of love becomes a real joy. You understand why I agree that we need to keep recording and live streaming for the elderly, for the infirm, and those at high risk. I'm afraid it's caused a lot of healthy church members to become casual about their faith, lose their song, and hang up their hearts. When you lose your song, you've lost your joy. And when you lose your joy, you've lost your purpose in life. And hear what I'm saying. Too many Christians have lost their joy and their purpose as believers. There are three things I want to share with you about Christians and their silent harps from this scripture. First, let's look at the reason for silent harps. There were three major reasons that these people had hung up their harps and quit worshiping and praising God. One was they were out of place based on verse number 3. You understand their rightful place was in Jerusalem. But they were in Babylon as captives. And let me add, in the Scriptures, Babylon is always a picture of the world system. Likewise, a Christian is out of place when he or she gets out of church and gets comfortable elsewhere, and elsewhere is anywhere outside the will of God. Elsewhere is indicative of the world. How can I say that? I can say that because Satan wants you anywhere except in the will of God. And I have to believe, based on Hebrews 10.25, that God... God's will is the assembling of ourselves together. Hello. Anybody agree? Amen. Well, listen. The place you and I need to be is right smack in the middle of God's will. That's a Christian's rightful place. Now, you know and I know that everybody in church is not right smack in the middle of God's will. However, when a person is in the middle of God's will, they will be in church. 
if they're healthy and not detained by health or age. So, John 17, verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, he prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You understand what Jesus was saying? He was saying, Father, they have to remain in the world to do the work that I've given them to do. So I pray that you give them the strength to fight off temptation, including the temptation to become lazy, cold, and complacent. Yes, the Jews were out of place. But listen, their sin was not that they were in Babylon. They couldn't help that. Their sin was that Babylon was in them. They had adopted the ways of the world. They had become like the Babylonians. They did not stand true like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They started accepting the practices of a foreign land. How do I know that? Well, you remember when they were taken captive, the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel that the king ordered that the fairest, the best looking, the strongest of the men be uh, brought as his slaves and be given the best to food to eat, the king's meat, be given the wine of the king to drink. And that meat had been offered to idols. It was against law, the law of the Jews for them to partake of that meat because it had been offered to idols. Well, only four men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to eat that meat and drink, drink the king's wine. They dined on pulse, the Bible says, which was some kind of grain and water. And then you remember later on, Nebuchadnezzar built a great statue and he required that when the music played that everybody had to bow down to the statue. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to that statue. It ended in a fiery furnace. You know the story. Daniel was either not present at this time or he had won the respect of the king by interpreting a dream for him. But everyone else in Babylon bowed. Everyone else in Babylon ate the king's meat and the king's wine. That, but those four men, those four men held true. In other words, they had, everybody else had become so much like the Babylonians that they were accepting Babylonian practices and Babylonian gods. But listen, what they did was no worse than what many church people do today. They bow before the practices of our sinful society. They bow before the government, even when it goes against God's Word. They bow before the almighty dollar. I want to tell you something, folks. We need Christians who will stand. Amen? Listen to me, church. It's when we become like the world that we lose our song and we hang up our hearts. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your testimony. I'm talking about... Your faithfulness. I'm talking about your effectiveness as a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember Lot? He lost his testimony when he became one of the brethren to the wicked Sodomites. Instead of being a witness, instead of being an influence for God in that wicked city, he closed his eyes to the evil around him. And he looked over their sin. Instead of trying to make a difference, he became complacent. 
and comfortable and casual. How about the prodigal son? He lost all religion he had when he joined himself to a far country. He became like the crowd he ran with until he came to himself in a pigsty and realized what he was doing. I'm going to tell you something, Christian. We may have to live in this world, but we don't have to let the world live in us. Amen? We don't have to keep our eyes closed and go along with what's going on in our world. And we don't have to give in to fear. We don't have to give in to convenience. It will kill your song. It will cause you to hang up your heart. But not only were they out of place, they were out of practice. Found in verses 2 and 4. Verse 4 says, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? In a way of saying that there was a here and a far land, how can we sing about God? The reason they couldn't sing about it is because they had hung up their harps. And the reason that they had hung up their harps was because they had not been singing about it. In other words, they had forgotten the song that God had put in their hearts. Their faith was cold. Their, their hearts were complacent. Their spirits had become lukewarm and they had gotten out of the habit. I play a little guitar. As I told you earlier, I played with the Cadillac singers. And I found that if I do not play for a while, not only will I lose the calluses on the ends of my fingers, but I lose the proficiency and dexterity in my fingers. And if I do not sing a song for a while, not only will I forget the words, but I'll forget the dynamics of that song. And I'll forget how it made me feel when I used to sing it. And listen, it's the same way with your testimony and your witness. You've heard those saying, practice makes perfect. It does. But practice also keeps us perfect. And hey, if you keep living out your faith, if you keep doing it, it gets easier. It gets easier. When I first surrendered my life to God, I was saved as a child, 10 years old. I was teaching youth when I was a youth. But then I went in the army and got away from God and hung up my heart. When I got out of the army and met that little girl right there, we were dating, and one day she asked me, what does being saved mean, and how do you, be, how do you get saved? And it was like God slapped my face. Because she hadn't seen it in me, I promise you. I took my harp off the hook, folks. And that started bringing me back to where I should have been. When I got back, I was working at BASF. It was called Dow Battashay back in those days down in Anderson. I, I started working there when I got out of service. And when I surrendered my life to God completely, surrendered to priest, surrendered to ministry, whatever he wanted me to do, and it started with that singing group for six years, the guys I worked with tested my faith. They would intentionally curse around me or tell dirty jokes to see how it affected me. And most of the time, I'd walk away. Well, all the time, I'd walk away. And they'd laugh because they knew they had done what they intended to do. But I continued to live for Jesus. And as time went on, these same guys began to respect me. 
And eventually they would come to me and ask me to pray for them or somebody in their family if they were having problems. What I'm saying is if you habitually practice living your faith, it will get easier. God will strengthen you. And God will help you. I read about a soldier who was laying dying on a battlefield. And he was crying out, Please, somebody tell me how to be saved. But there was no one who could tell him how to be saved. Some didn't even know what he was talking about. And after he had passed, one guy said, I haven't served the Lord in so long, I've forgotten how to witness. Forgotten how to pray. I used to be saved. But I've forgotten how to witness, how to pray, or anything else. How sad to get out of practice. How sad to hang up your harp. How sad it is to no longer be the Christian that God saved you to be. Yet many who claim to know Christ are doing just that. They were out of place. They were out of practice. Number three, they were out of plans. Verse number two tells us that. They hung up their harps. That means that they were through. That signified that they were finished. They, they no longer had plans for serving God. And what a tragedy it is when we no longer have plans, no longer have goals for our individual lives, our families, or our church. But even sadder is the fact that too many Christians have grown cold and complacent and no longer have plans or goals to serve God. They've given up. And they're content just to go along with the world. They've hung up their harps. Finished trying. They've quit. And what a shame. They have a heart. God gave them a heart when He saved them. He gave them a a testimony. You know what I'm talking about. If you're saved, you have a testimony. You have the Holy Spirit to empower you. You have certain gifts that God's given you. The question is, do you have any plans to use that which God has given you? Have we hung up our hearts? Have we... Not singing the Lord's song. Not only I want you to see the reason for silent harp, but the result of silent hearts. And there are just two of them. Two results I want to share. There are probably many more, but there are two I want to share with you this morning. First, it brought sorrow. Verse number 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept when we remembered Zion. In other words, beside the rivers of Babylon, when we thought about Jerusalem, we just sat down and cried. You know, if they had been singing, they wouldn't have had time to have a pity party. If they had been singing, if they had been doing what they should have been doing, there would have been no reason to weep. Amen? I cannot let this get by. I have to stop here and chase this rabbit. But how many times have you heard people say, Preacher, I remember the good old days. How it used to be. It used to be so good. It used to be uh, people just love to come to church and people just love preaching. I wish it could be that way again. So what happened? Did we move off and leave the Holy Spirit? Was the Holy Spirit more powerful in the 60s and 70s than He is today? <laughs> in my first church, we were in a new building, and people would talk about how it used to be in the old building. 
And I would say, did we move off and leave God down in the old building? No. No. He's just as powerful today as he was then. How many of you know that God is just as powerful today as he was yesterday? He hasn't changed. God's not bound to any certain time or place. Those Hebrews had the same problem that many believers have today. They thought that God could only move in Jerusalem. Now they were in Babylon. Hey, i got news for you. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. He's Lord of the whole earth. I'm telling you, the time or place has nothing to do with it. It's the people. We can't blame anybody but ourselves. The reason it's not like it used to be is because many born-again Christians have hung up their hearts. Maybe you have hung up your heart. Maybe you've gotten out of God's will. Maybe you're not singing the Lord's song anymore. What I mean is you're not telling people about Jesus. Are you guilty of a silent heart? Or maybe you do come to church, but you're not what you once were. You had a little fling with the world, and you're not what you once were. Let me tell you something, folks. A little fling with the world may be exciting at first, but it always ends in tears. Let me tell you something else. Not only did that silence bring sorrow, but it brought shame. Verse number 4, How shall we sing the Lord's song in the strange land? Singing, if they had continued singing, it would have emboldened them. It would have given them confidence. It would have given them power and strength. In verse 3, the people of Babylon had asked them to sing. Now, they might have been asking them just so they could laugh at them, ridicule them, or make fun of them, but that doesn't matter. They should have been singing anyway. It was an opportunity to witness for God. But they refused. They were ashamed. And because they were ashamed, they kept quiet. Does that sound like anybody you know? I mean, how often has God given us opportunities to witness and share Jesus with someone, but we refuse to take advantage of those opportunities? These people asked the Jews to play and sing the songs of Zion for them. That's like someone asking you to tell them about Jesus. And they refused. And to think they missed that. And I wonder how many golden opportunities we have missed. And I'll I'll admit, I'm ashamed because I know I've missed opportunities in my life to share Jesus. And I pray that God will forgive me and help me not to miss any more to make me sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. What about you? Will you pray that same prayer? But not only won't you see the reason for silent harps, and I promise you I'm getting through quick, but the, the, and the results of silent harps, but the remedy for silent harps. The remedy is in four words. Number one, remember. Verse one again, we wept when we remembered Zion. I tell you, you ought to think back to the time when you really walked with God and weep if you are not as close to Him now. Remember. 
If you're one of those who used to teach, used to sing in the choir, used to deacon, used to preach, used to testify, used to do this for God and that for God, and age or sickness has not rendered you incapable to do those things anymore, but you've just hung up your harp, you ought to remember what it was like and weep because you're not doing that anymore. We need to remember the opportunities that God has given us to serve Him. And those which we did not take advantage of, we should weep. Not only should we remember, but secondly, we should repent. Verse 6, If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. There's a note of repentance that runs all through verses 5 and 6. They remembered how they used to walk with God, how they had strayed away from Him, and they longed to have their joy restored. They were, in effect, admitting their sins and complacency to God. That's what repentance is. It's turning back. Repentance is not just feeling sorry for yourself or for your sin. It's doing something about it. It is confessing and taking it one step farther. Remember, repent, return. Return to where you once were with God. You were the one who left, not God. God's still in the same place that He's always been. An old farmer and his wife were driving down the road to pick up a truck. They passed a car with a young boy and girl in it, and the girl was almost in the boy's lap. They were snuggled up, hugged up. The farmer's wife said, Honey, you remember when we used to be like that? You remember when we used to be so close? And the old man never took his eye off the road and said, Well, I ain't the one who moved. Well, God ain't the one who moved. He's still in the same place. Amen. Some of us need to get back where we used to be with God. We need to get back to reading our Bibles and praying daily and serving Him in church and outside the church. Some of us need to remember, repent, return. And when we do... We can rejoice. Rejoice because God will restore us to His service, restore His blessing to us, and restore the joy of His salvation to us. All we got to do is remember, repent, return, and God will restore our joy. He will restore our song. We can take our heart off the hook, off the willow. We can sing the song of Zion in a world that needs to hear it. As I told you, I once had my harp on the hook, and I pray that I'll never put it back. Perhaps, would you stand with me? I don't know. Our hymn of invitation, you will come. Perhaps there's someone here who does not know Jesus Christ in a personal way, and if that is you, if you've never invited Jesus in your life and you've never received Him as your personal Savior, I invite you to do so today because you don't even have a harp. You don't. Have a testimony. Listen, God wants to put a new song in your heart. He wants to give you a new purpose and a new joy in life. And I'll be glad to pray with you. If you if you just come, I'm going to step down here at the front in just a moment. I'll be, you just want to say, preacher, I need to be saved. We'll, we'll, we'll help you do that. But Christian, how about it? You've lived in the world, but you don't have to let the world live in you. Have you lost your joy? Have you hung up your harp? Are you able to sing His song, share 
your testimony to tell other people about our wonderful Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Isn't it time that you got your harp off the hook and you sang God's song again? Isn't it time to get back on track with Jesus? Remember, He's still where you left Him. He's not the one who moved. With their heads bowed and eyes closed, let us pray together. Father, thank You so much that through every story in your, your Word, You have examples for us to look at. You have knowledge for us to learn so that we won't make the same mistakes that others make. Now pray as we looked at this Scripture this morning, God, that Your Holy Spirit has looked deep within our heart. And I pray, God, that Your people would be responsive to the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Here I am, Lord.
attentiveness. Uh, please be back tonight. I'm preaching a sermon entitled, I Hope You Dance. It's about our obligation as Christians in America. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, very, Brother Jerry. A good message. And uh, I think we all got silent hearts from time to time. We can remedy that by asking for him to return the joy of our salvation to our to us. And, Father, uh, we, we thank you very much. And we look forward to tonight, 6 o'clock, again. All right, let us pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you again for another day of life. Father, we just thank you for uh, the uh, message that we just heard from Brother Jerry. Father, we just pray that we'll take it to our heart, embed it in our heart, Father, and just help us to, to be the Christian that we should be. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are, for your love, your mercy. And most of all, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And Father, through him, we have that salvation we're talking about, and we thank you for that. And, Father, we just ask that you would uh, continue to be with the youth and Pastor Kenny and Lynn on the, on the uh, mission trip. Father, just be with them in a special way. And, Father, we just pray that things that they say and do and reach out to those out there, Father, uh, uh, be uh, uh, pleasing to you. Father, as we go our separate ways now, we just ask that you would uh, go with us, just keep us safe, and bring us back again tonight. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.